Yo. Hey. What's up? Not too much. Let's jump right in. Let's start with um, the wolf you feed wins, which is a parable you could describe it as of duality. I think the origin might be Cherokee because yeah. when I was accessing it online and then rewriting it for the post, I left out the Cherokee grandfather part. I just made it yeah. completely neutral. But I think it's a it's a Cherokee parable. And somebody commented, or maybe a couple people commented, and they said the middle ground gray area, essentially the space in between the black and white being more of a truthful, useful place to be instead of completely embracing the good and totally mm -hmm. rejecting the evil. What does it say about the um, the good wolf? Like, what is the definite? What is the description for the gray, the the good wolf? Joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. I feel like those are neutral. Neutral in that case would kind of be negative. It would kind of be the the other wolf. Because I I understand the parable is like there's two sides of it, but. I can't see it. Where, where would the middle ground be? Like you're neither happy, peaceful. Like what's what? How could you not be peaceful and not be disrupted? Like what's in between peace and chaos? Chaos. Yeah. What is what is the, what is the middle ground? Well, I don't know if an embrace of the middle ground is necessarily not peaceful, not stable, not joyous, not loving, benevolent, compassionate. I think it's more an acceptance of the dark, of the fear, of the anger, of the sorrow, <clears throat> instead of just immersing in the peacefulness and the stability and the balance. I think what it ultimately is, is balancing the two. In realistic terms, on a day-to-day -day experience, we can't always be the good wolf. Like the good wolf, yeah doesn't always win. As much True. as we want it to, it's very hard to sustain all of those things consistently. And so I think it's it's not allowing the evil wolf, it, it, or rather it is allowing the evil wolf, but it's not letting it dominate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like a, that's like Buddhism, essentially, because well, the way I see Buddhism, it's, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, the base level. There's nothing there. It's just, it's just pure being and everything else gets like stacked on top. That parable is more towards actions. Maybe they meant the wolves to be human actions and not just state of being, not, not just complete states of being, but maybe, maybe decisions that you have to make. Which one are you going to feed that's going to change your actions or it's going to dictate what your action, what the outcome of your actions will be. Are you going to choose peace when it, when it, when the situation comes to you are you going to choose peace or are you going to choose freaking out are you going to choose digging yourself in a deeper hole i feel like the parable isn't a complete state of being like at all time i, I think it might be towards certain situations in life or which, which which wolf will you feed at the heart of it it's making clear that we have a choice in the people we are and the things we do and the lives we lead and ultimately, the states of being that we spend our days in 
do lead to the decisions we make and the actions we take. But I hear what you're saying in that there's a difference between a state of being and an action. In fact, there's a quote by the philosopher Alan Watts where he yeah. says that wanting positive experience is a negative experience. Accepting yeah. negative experience is a positive experience. And so if you want desperately the good wolf to win or to, to be able to feed the good wolf, whether regarding your state of being or your actions, that's actually going to probably put you deeper into the hole. That whole parable is kind of the opposite of, of not the opposite, but it's kind of what Buddhism is trying to tell you not to think about. That essentially when when Buddhists are dealt with, just like an ideal Buddhist, when they're dealing with a situation that's, that they have to be, they have to make a decision, I feel like they might, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even think like that. They, they wouldn't even think that there's two sides to go down. So maybe, maybe that parable is not as wise as, as a Buddhist teaching. So you're saying the wiser Buddhist teaching would be letting go in the moment? I don't. I don't know if I, me personally, if I would agree with that, if I would agree with like letting go in a situation where it's, where you, someone needs you. I feel like B Buddhism for the most part, I, the way, at least the way I see it, it's kind of just the, 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 the basis of things. Like, I guess, I guess the middle ground that the people that we're commenting are talking about is, is Buddhism. It's the barrier and it's a, it's a way of not even going down into the quote-unquote bad situations not letting bad situations bring you down it's kind of just the base the base ground that you, that you could fall back to certain actions that you take don't have to involve that that base like i think you can make a decision especially in protecting i'm that's what i'm imagining like let's say you have to protect someone or something i don't think that the smartest option would be to let go i think it would be to try to do something about it letting go doesn't necessarily mean giving up control or yeah. does it actually it kind of it kind of does <laughs> but I yeah i think that's what they mean there's an important point to be made there that you can't just ignore life and <laughs> reject what is real and happening that's true buddhism is somewhat of a pothole or, or a manhole covering of yeah. a manhole. it's something that's sturdy and so in a moment of crisis or confusion or chaos it offers it offers sturdiness what buddhism is is it's kind of just dealing with the bad or dealing with how to, it's a, it's a way of dealing with bad things or dealing with things that you don't like particularly when things get so good that you become consumed by it being good that it ends up being negative like it can't i don't think buddhism is a straight up line and then you stay at the line and, the, and then there's a bad and there's a good because i think the good the higher you go it gets bad so then you have to return to the base level I think it's just a good, pure state of being when there's where there's no thoughts, there's no desires. You just you just are. You don't have. You, there's no goal. It's just you're here right now, and you, that's what life is really. It's an acceptance of experience. It's stepping away from expectation because expectation really does cloud a purity of experience. Purity of experience 
is so far removed from the reality of being a member of society and trying to exist within that structure because there are expectations everywhere. It's sort of understandably difficult to try and embrace these things in the hustle and bustle of fucking America. Yeah. I wish I knew more about it. I know I know the simple stuff when it comes to Buddhism, but I'm not really aware of, of the spiritual spiritual aspect of it. I made a post about it, and that was really like one of the ma- the main things that I got from it. That thoughts are thoughts exist. Thoughts are basically coming in and out of us. Like we don't for some reason we attach to thoughts because thoughts thoughts aren't part of us. They're just flowing through us. They're just going. And for some reason, we catch on to one, and we just stay on one, and we keep building one, and we and we do it for pleasure. We do it for – sometimes we don't even do it on purpose, but it, but it hurts us thinking. Buddhism is so – it's such a beautiful – it's it's such a beautiful mode of reasoning because you're just figuring out how to stop that flow or, or, or just, like, in between going from a thought to another thought, you just let go, and there's no thought. And I think it's just, like, the practice of, of – staying in that position where you where there's no thoughts there you you've somehow canceled out all of the chatter in your mind and all of the um the thoughts that that flow that you that you want to like attach to for some reason by stopping the flow of thoughts we get closer and closer to a purity of being if there was a hierarchy of being in the way that there's like a hierarchy of needs at the top, well, actually, as you said in a previous episode about the forms, at the top, the very top of the triangle, and like a very small, just small little portion of it is purity of being, right? Which yep. is what we are beyond our thoughts and also our feelings, because thoughts and feelings do go hand in hand. And it's kind of a messy thing, or it becomes a very messy thing. And yeah, pleasure or pain seem to be the most common reasons and response reasons for and responses to them as in you think things that make you feel great feel things that make you feel great or you think things that make you feel terrible feel things that make you feel terrible there is middle ground like sometimes it's just it's not that extreme but usually it is i think i think feelings are just i think feelings are thoughts wait a motorcycle just went by and i didn't hear you at all <laughs> i said i said that i think that feelings are thoughts like i don't i don't think they're separate things because i think i don't maybe they're not because what w- what is a feeling that's not that's not a sensory feeling it's, it's a mind feeling like you feel weird you feel shitty like where does that come it comes from thinking though because if you're thinking good then you wouldn't feel bad but if you were thinking bad then you feel bad so I think the thoughts are like the same thing. I th- I think we feel thoughts. I think even even when we're imagining stuff, you can get to a point where you're feeling how you would feel in that situation. Like we we can create feelings with our thoughts. So I think they go hand in hand. I don't think that they're. I don't think you could feel feelings without thinking thoughts. One time, that's what I was gonna say. One time, I I had smoked a joint. And I, and I had already gone into Plato and all, all of these uh, philosophies, particularly Pierre Grimes. What is a Buddhist uh, idea, I guess, be, like pure being. It, it's a Greek idea too, but it's, it's pure being. 
obviously like me knowing that information led me to have the experience but i was i i had smoked a joint and i was super high that day it was like insane it was like the, i hadn't smoked weed in a really long time and i smoked like a whole joint basically i got up fast and then i i, I jumped on the bed it felt like beads like going up to my head and i felt like i was gonna throw up like i just i just got rid of the idea that i'm gonna throw up and i just let it happen and i was just and i was just there i don't even know how to how to explain it i i i i saw a light it was like it was like i was just being i had no thoughts and i was just i was just there it's hard to explain like i was just being that's the that's the best description of it but then I noticed thought like I was visualizing being and I, and I was noticing thoughts coming up and I, and I was like trying to let them just pass. And I was, I was trying to focus on just being, it's such, it's such a weird, I didn't feel my body. Like I was just in that fucking light and I would notice, I would see thoughts coming up. And when I say see, I don't mean literally seeing with my eyes. It was more like it's so hard. It was like I could see my thoughts. It was so weird. I would notice myself let them pass, and then I would notice myself get mad at the fact that I wasn't letting, that they were coming up, and I would attach to the fact that I was mad at it. I, I was mad at the thoughts. Instead of just focusing on being, I would, I would go down to the thought and focus on it and just be angry at myself for, for, for thinking or for not, for not letting the being the state of being remain. I, I, I was upset at myself and I was noticing myself attaching to being upset. Like I was the thought when I, that, that's what I got from it. I, I, there's being, and then there's thoughts. The being is the, is, is, uh, is what we are. The thoughts come, thoughts come up and we, and then we become the thought. Like we start acting with thoughts come from those other thoughts. Like there's one thought, there's being, and then there's one thought, and then that one thought, you, t you attach to that, and a bunch of other thoughts come. You keep going, you are that thought, you become that, instead of just being. And it was such a weird experience. The way that drugs amplify that self-observation experience is definitely something worth experiencing in this lifetime. But that experience and conclusion that essentially what we are is the observer of our thoughts and also the observer of that purity. I don't know what else, what other word to use it, or just that total awareness that we capital A are, right? I think, I think we always are that purity that's always there. Whereas thoughts are temporary. All the other thoughts are temporary. And this one, this one, I guess you would just call it being. I guess you would just call it um, purity. That's always there. But everything else comes and goes forever. Because we're here right now forever. Like experiencing is just right now. Whatever, whatever right now is, 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 has always been what it is and everything else is temporary, but there's always that being, there's always some type of, there's an essence of being throughout living for whatever reason. Like we can't, I guess we can't, we can't not be. 
We haven't not been. Even before birth, you're saying? Given essentially that matter is neither, or is it energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred. Yeah, it's hard. That's why it's hard for me to believe that when we die, that there's nothing. One, because we've never experienced nothing. Like, I don't remember nothing. I, I've never existed in nothing. I've only existed in, in something. Like, whatever, whatever, if you want to say it started at one point, me being started at one point, but I never experienced not being. Like, I wasn't there. I was there when I was being. And whatever, whenever I'm made out of, even if you want to look at it materialist, even if you want to look at it on a biological level, whatever I'm made up of was, whatever I'm, whatever genes that my, my parents and my ancestors, all of these people had, were, they were, they were being, and I made of that. So I never was not being, I'm just, I was just put together in a certain way, and now I'm me, but I always was being, I'm made of being. We've never been. We've never been made of nothing. Like we didn't. We didn't appear from nothing, even on a in on a bio, biological level. We didn't. Like no one wished us into existence. Like we we are made up of matter. I'm reminded of the Shakespeare quote, "To be or not to be, that is the question." And I'm I'm realizing that I don't understand now, not to be. Like how do we not be? I don't think we can. In Hinduism, there's Atman and there's Brahman. And I'm probably going to mess up which, which one of the two, but uh, Brahman is us. We're being. And Atman is, is, I guess, not being. I guess he's just, it's just God. It's just everything. But God, but, but Atman makes himself forget that he is. He, he, he makes himself forget that there's nothing. He makes all of this up. He makes reality up just for fun, just to experience something because he's nothing. But he's the source of everything, but it's really nothing. He's just making everything up because he, he's, he's bored. I probably, he has no other option. But it's us. Like, that's us. Like, the, in Hinduism, at least. We are whatever that is. We're just pretending that we're not. We just forgot. We made ourselves forget, but we're the same thing. Every everything in existence is the same thing. Everyone in existence is the same thing. We just pretending that we we don't know what we are. We're just going along. Oh, that's a tree, but it's really us. It's really it's really all this one thing, which even makes sense, considering what Einstein discovered. As in, that the theory of every relativity. yeah relativity like E equals mc squared. It's all energy. It's all this one thing. There's all there's it's all matter. It's all, it's all energy. The illusion of separation is very heavily reinforced. And that's the thing, trying to, for the average person, trying to access Buddhism and the Buddhist truth on a, day, on a daily basis. It's sort of like, how, how can society, how can we allow society, how can we awaken society? Just giving people the information, giving educating people on different concepts that exist in the world, so they're not just stuck in what they see. They're not thinking so short term. They don't, because the majority of people think 
within like, is this gonna pleasure me right now? They don't think, they don't even think what is life? What is this? What, is, what am I even looking at? So I think just presenting information that pokes at questions like, what are we? What is this? What is the highest good? What, what is pure being? I think just pushing ideas like that and asking questions like that and trying to come to some type of understanding together is going to wake people up. You know, it's funny that thinking can lead to a transcendence of thinking. It's by thinking about transcendence. It's by thinking about thinking that you exactly. can transcend thinking. But you do have to start with it. Right. Or do you? Or do you? you know, I guess... Because we have all been conditioned through thought, we haven't experienced, like, that's what we know. So it's, it, it makes sense to, to use what we know, what we're used to, to go beyond into what we're not used to, which is truth. Even conversation, really, like, we, we have conversation all the time. Like, everyone has a conversation for the most part. But if we can use conversation to express different things, we have to go. We have to go where that where everyone else is in order to pull them out of where they are. We can't. We can't. We can't be on a pedestal. Pedestal looking down at them and saying, "Why aren't you at the, Why aren't you up here?" It's essential to descend to ascend as a collective. What's coming to mind are monks and people who choose to step out of society and to step out of the thinking life in order to immerse in, essentially to bubble themselves in to the pure life, right? Yeah. I, I don't, it's not necessarily an invalid path because ultimately there is no right way of accessing purity and simply fully and totally being. Like, I don't think anyone who comes to these understandings has an automatic responsibility necessarily to bring it to other people. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, then I don't think monasteries would exist. Because monasteries sure. are essentially saying, normal daily life, we can't handle you. You are not suited for purity of experience. So we are creating a sanctuary for that. That's a, that's a practical way of looking at Buddhism. I completely understand the, the people that are like that, that they just devote their life to just being. They don't need anything. They don't even want anything. If they, if they die, then they die. Like, they don't, it's, it's not that big of a deal to them. Like, it's just, you're just are. And it's admirable in so many ways because... You can you could try to say why that's why you should you should do something you need to do something but you you really don't like at the end of the day they they have there's some truth to that we what uh, you're gonna die anyways you might as well just be you might as well just not want anything and just be until you die but also hearing you say that now there's a part of me that rejects that. And which part of me is that? And it's, it's also saying that it's important and it's actually useful and can be beneficial and serving 
to aspire to things and to work toward things. It's not necessarily an evil to to apply yourself toward something or commit yourself to something. Right. But I think the the point of the Buddhist teachings is that it isn't necessary. It's not required. No one is holding a gun to your head and forcing you to do it. And as a matter of fact, if striving for that, or if striving plain and simply causes you suffering, then don't, then like simply get rid of it. Simply toss yeah. it aside. I think one of the key points is that we want too much. We're asking, like we have these aspirations, but we're asking for so much. We, it, it, it never ends. Like we, we want, we not only do we want to be fed, we want the best food. We want, we want food that tastes super good. We want sugary, sugary food. We want all of these delicacies. For some reason, our, our aspirations get the best of us. That we, we always end up feeding into these addictions instead of just, especially Buddha, like the story of Buddha. Like he, he, was just, he just didn't eat anything. He, he was starving himself. Like he was just being, he was literally doing what I was like. He just was, he wanted to see how far it could go. And he came to a point where when he saw food, he'd just eat it. Like it wasn't like he had to, it wasn't like he had to um, cut out food entirely or cut out any type of wants. He just, he just didn't think about it too much. He just did what he had, he just, if there was food, he'd eat it. If there was water, he'd drink it. If he wanted to go for a walk, he'd go for a walk. Like there was no, um, he didn't. He 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 didn't take his his desires to an to an extreme. He just is literally like bare minimalism. Like I just need food, and I just need a place to be at that's not dangerous. You're right in saying that it's all too easy to become consumed by aspirations or desires. It just seems to be part of human nature. So let's take that a step further. Let's take the Buddha's individual experience a step further. What would a society of people living like the Buddha look like? There has been a transcendence of thinking and desiring. Are we all literally just like, like what what's ha what's happening? Are we just are we blissfully being? Well, we have to. Or, or would it be like a post automatic world, or like a post industrial world? Like, are you talking in the future or in the past, like, instead of? As in um, referring to the things that we have at our disposal, things like devices and technology and appliances. So you're saying right now, if everyone became Buddhist or everyone was had that way, that way of living. Right. In the world as it stands. If it was just if it was just America like that, I I don't think that Buddhist people are dumb. Like they wouldn't let, like they'd have some type of structure to the to the government, but it would be completely different. Like it would be, 
one based in compassion. Because if everyone doesn't want anything, then there's no point of, there's no goals for the society. It's just, it's, a, it's kind of like communism. If everyone has what they need, then we're good. If I could see in a, f- a future world where there's, we put our minds and we're all, we all don't want anything. We all just want to be, we'd figure out how to, how to get food for everyone autonom- autonomously. So that we don't have to work, we just have the food going and coming. I think that's all we need, food. And shelter. And shelter, yeah. Safe shelter. But that can similarly be provided. I definitely don't think that a wor- that could be a possibility. <laughs> like, a Buddhist world. Because in India, there was a, a king that became Buddhist. And it was actually good. It was actually cool thing he didn't he didn't he obviously didn't force everyone to become buddhist and he didn't uh not too much change you know but he he started he he sent out people to spread the the message of buddhism he like those were his aspirations to like spread the 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 vibes of buddhism like he he would plant he planted mango trees all along all of the main roads in India. He planted mango trees so that people would people would have shade and people wouldn't go hungry. He was basically like a compassionate king. Wow, that that is such a compassionate solution. Exactly. Like I think that's what it, that's what the world would be like. For the most part, I don't. I can't. I don't. I can't imagine everyone doing it, because there's always every people slip up. I'm sure there's Buddhist people that slip up. Like, We're only human. Yeah. So I think that maybe if the if the if we had a leader, a Buddhist leader, the world would be different. But a, a whole entire Buddhist society, I don't know if that would work. Maybe. Thinking about this relative to the current Judeo-Christian government, or is it is it correct to say that the American government is Christian? Because technically, yeah. separation of church and state is a thing. Well, yeah, they 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 the people. I wouldn't say that it's Christian because. It's not like you have to be Christian. And um, they definitely didn't trust the church, the people that made the government. I would say they, they say that because it's the, the morality of Judeo-Christian belief that, that American people abide by, that, that this whole culture is built on, upon. But it's also set up... The America is set up to protect the individual against any type of mob, any type of collective. It's just the individual. The individual is free. That's what America is. Thomas Jefferson, if I'm not right, if I'm not mistaken, I think he he made his own Bible, but he cut he cut it up like he didn't he didn't trust Christianity. He didn't trust the church. He didn't want people to 
he didn't want the church to grow and in influence so he 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 tried to cut up the bible and make it more of like a handbook to live by and not a belief system like he he kind of wanted to cut the dogma out of christianity like he has his whole he has a whole own his whole own uh jesus stories and he cut out all of the miracles all of the all of the um spiritual aspects to it it was just the messaging of jesus the philosophy of jesus the i guess it is spiritual but it's not there's no dogma in it and he tried to cut it out like they were very skeptical of of christianity and and judaism is that the proper word judaism they were they were skeptical of it and i, I don't think it was founded upon those things that's so ironic that the institution of the american government is wary of the institution of religion american religion there's an argument that a lot of christians make and and i think you were touching upon it that you can't be a good person without religion you don't have a moral compass if you don't yeah. have a religious perspective you know it's interesting that people believe that it certainly helps with morality um i think the intentions of religion and the intentions of a faith that is higher and bigger than you it's always good at the heart of it people people want to um see things better or be better right. themselves but so often in large part because of the dogma it the outcome of that is is not as good i think there's some type of truth behind without religion like if we were lived in an atheist society which we kind of do now i think that there's no saying where it would go where where the morality of the people would go so i think the the what the role in religion for society is kind of just to keep everyone encapsulated in this in these boundaries that of a structure some type of like it provides structure even like buddhism is 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 an atheist for the most part it's atheist buddhism they don't believe in in anything but it's still structured in a way that it's 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 it has a religious structure to it and it it keeps people in check like it's not like you could you know what i mean like they're if, not it's not. if we let thing if we just completely let ourselves run wild and free it wouldn't necessarily be blissful and paradise things could yeah. get out of hand very quickly and bad i think so i think what i but i definitely agree with with thomas jefferson and people that are skeptical of religion and the and the influence that it might have on people because i think that christian a lot of religions have just gotten rid of metaphysics like 
metaphysics basically being a way of understanding spirituality with, with reason and not just believing that that, that Jesus was this was the was sent down by God and that everything that in, is in the Bible is the truth. There's no, there's no slip-ups in the Bible, even though it's been translated over thousands and thousands of years. It's all perfect. Like, that's where they're wrong. Like, the Bible should be updated every fucking – every time that, that, that society changes, the, the, the Bible should update, I think. But I think they should use metaphysics, especially platonic metaphysics and, and basically, try, basically trying to make it make sense – Make it make it real. Make religion real. I think that's where they messed up. Because people will make people will base their decisions off religion, off what the word of the Bible is. But the word of the Bible has been, like, who is King James, bro? Like, why did he have the right? Like, they're they're basing they're basing the Bible off of what this guy said. This guy that said he was that their bloodline is special and that God gave them the gift of ruling over England. Like, bro, what the fuck? That's not what we do anymore. Like, why, why are we... He, was, he obviously changed the Bible to fit the people of those times and keep those people in check. So it's... it's, it's he... Just throughout history, the Bible's been used by rulers to control the people but i think that the fact that we're still using those words is kind of silly like we should just make our own words we should use reasoning we should use plato's metaphysics because it that's what that's what they tried to do in the renaissance like how can we get a better understanding of what is being said what our belief is and they looked to plato and they looked they made sense of it that there's the there are these higher realms there are these there there is a highest good there is god but the even even the church condemned and the church in those days condemned those people for making religion make sense they, they don't want it to make sense. The rulers don't want religion to make sense. They want them to believe in it. That is an extremely good point. I, I, I agree with Thomas Jefferson. The Bible's dangerous. Like, we can't, he, I mean, obviously he was wrong. Maybe he, maybe what he did changed it. But I definitely think he had the right to fear the fact that there are so many Christians in in Amer in America, but I do I do agree with him in not trying to dismiss Christianity in general. He was just trying to he was just trying to like he was trying to do what King James did, cut up the Bible. He was trying to make his own Bible, so that the American people could have their own Bible. But he was trying to influence the thoughts of the people. And, or the way of thinking of the people. And if you think about it, Christianity was really weird back in those days, especially like 
they were like killing people because they thought they were witches like all of these like silly things were were done in the name of god in the name of the word of the bible like it doesn't make sense bro what the fuck who wrote the bible like you have to ask that question huh that's like the first question any thinking person should ask who wrote the bible and should i trust the person that wrote the bible because he was obviously human or should i trust reasoning which is accessible totally i think yeah there there were many authors which in itself like were they all writing their various chapters at the same time communicating with each other or was it i have no idea how how the text even came together i think i think the bible might be a lie i think it i think it might be um i think it might be just a story i think it just might be an analogy the whole i think the whole thing structured to make it seem to make it relatable to the people like i think it was written by someone intentionally i don't think that each of these people had their own stories to tell maybe but uh it's kind of it's kind of weird how is that even possible that they all glued together each other's pieces throughout different periods of time jesus is way after all of the other stories but some for some reason they kept those stories and then they said oh these make sense together jesus was equal to moses they they're the same they they belong in the same book like that's way more unlikely than someone just wrote the bible which is like actually an awesome human feat well even you think about homer homer wrote his his books he was a guy he wrote religion for the greek people something to a point of reference to the greek people of what the gods are like also another notable author would be shakespeare and actually something interesting about shakespeare is that his presentation of the plays like essentially shakespeare if shakespeare were alive today or rather the equivalent the modern equivalent of what shakespeare did was write um soap operas yeah and just like mindless television yeah that's true and yet they're so profound like because because he well he also had like a philosophical mind it wasn't just complete nonsense like it wasn't like just complete drama there was some type of like he asked deep questions through the whole play. And I would I I wish I read I'm gonna read more Shakespeare now that you say that. But um wasn't I'm pretty sure he was Catholic, no? Shakespeare? I don't know. I just find it weird, like I wonder if if everyone believed in in the Bible and all these things, because the whole culture did. I wonder if everyone did, because I pretty 
I think Shakespeare was gay. But the Bible says you can't be gay. So I wonder how, like, I'm pretty sure he, wasn't he, didn't he write plays based off of uh, religion? Um, that would make sense. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to connect um, some of the religious undertones from the plays I have read. Um, I mean, it's very, it's all very backed by ideas, that's for sure. And the thing about the story of the Bible is that it's essentially an all-encompassing story like it covers all of the bases it touches on every idea so i think i've heard it said that um every story is basically just a reconfiguration of the bible is that Uh, for shakespeare no in general oh like the bible is just it's like any possible theme that you could write a story about, the it's, Bi- in, the it's in the Bible. That makes sense. That makes sense considering that it's post-Greek uh, influence. Like the Greeks had dramas and comedies and all of these ways of telling stories. So it makes sense that the Bible would have all of the uh, have all of those. That's a good point. It used the Greek template. Totally. Um, it was it was written in Greek, the Bible. Huh. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't I don't maybe I don't know enough about the Bible to say. But I definitely think that it's kind of weird that we that we're trusting the Bible. But even so for me personally, like I believe in God. I believe in God like a hundred percent. Just just like I've I've looked too much into Plato to not believe in God. Like there is a God. There is a highest good that there or the or at least everything in existence is is has harmony to it. Like it's it's perfectly aligned. Everything that happens in, in reality and everything that happens in the universe is perfectly aligned even if you like look at the planet it just it just so happens that every planet is revolving around the sun not slamming into each other they perfectly equaled out like for some there's so many it it just so happens that you can perfectly you can perfectly divide a string and play different notes and if you play them all at once it creates a harmonious effect it has a harmonious sound to it like those ideas alone like their geometry all of these things like there are there is perfection in the world and i think that's unexplainable unless there is some type of rational backing to the world like i don't think it's all material i don't think it's all uh accident that especially science has that belief there's no like how could you it's a belief that it's an accident that that 
all of these things. They don't ask the question why. They ask they they ask how and they ask they ask how it works, but they don't understand. They don't ask why it works. Like why is it that plant the planets aren't slamming into each other? Just like you could find the reason to that, but it's still a thing. Like we exist. We for for whatever reason we're we we're here. We just ha- it just so happens to be that we're here. It was just such a accident that we're that we're able to grasp geometry we have all of these things like i doubt it i highly highly doubt that it makes way more sense to me that there's god that there is structure to the world like everything that there is a highest good and it's god and everything else falls under that and, and i think even ideas in general like geometry or ideas and any ideas that we receive are are given to us by beings angels like i believe in god i believe in the understanding that that catholicism and christianity tries to to convey i just don't believe that the stories are 100 percent accurate because there's no fucking way that that long of stories have remained the same without some type of tampering different translations different languages different you know it's just weird the religion over the millennium, over millennium, millennia, um, has has just been very tampered with. But even Einstein concluded what you said, which is that the universe is too amazing and and precise to have not been designed, right? Exactly. And that's the conclusion that anyone who studies reality ultimately seems to come to. Or actually, that's not true because there are plenty of scientists and maybe even philosophers. There are plenty of people who have studied reality who don't. Yeah, that's true. Um, But. I think it's belief at the end of the day like you believe either one either or there's no i mean i guess there is i don't know but the way i see it is like e equals mc squared whatever he discovered whatever concept whatever idea he discovered when he when he wrote that equation exists without it whether e exists whether equals exist whether M C squared exists, that equation, that that idea, that concept that he discovered, work it it is it, real. It has whether we can't we can't see it or not, but it exists in the realm of the mind because we can tap into it. We 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 we've been like I think that he received that he was given that that God is omnipotent, that God does have his hand in things, that things go according to the highest reason because there is reason behind things there is meaning behind life and uh yeah like i i just 
it's hard for me to be, to to believe that there's nothing that that it w was just an accident. That math is just uh, we made it up. We made up geometry because we didn't. We didn't make it up. We did. We made up the words and. But it exists. It exists whether we find it or, or a monkey finds it or a fish that can, you know, like, if you could receive it, then it's there. That's how I see it. Human discovery and everything that we have reasoned and found and created language for is essentially just uh it, yeah it's 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 like the mind of god would be one way of putting it also yeah. something that's frankly just awe-inspiring and mind-boggling is the age of the universe as far as we've scientifically discovered, which is about 14 billion years old, like the fact that the creation of this very precise three-dimensional world has taken 14 billion years and is continuing. It's continuing. Right. Um, it's an amazing Please. thing. It's also 14 billion years according to humans. Right. According to what we think 14 billion years is, but really there's no time. Really, really, it's just happening. So they think, I think there was, I think there wasn't and then there was, that's how I see it. And I think like how, I just don't understand, like how could you possibly think that I don't know, like what the fuck? The the creation of the universe. You're you're telling me that you believe in the creation of the universe, but you don't think it happened on purpose. You think it was just oh, it just happened. No one knows why it happened. It just happened. I don't know if I believe that. I believe that it happened for a reason. If it and it makes sense that we don't know that reason or at least we can't articulate the reason or express about the reason in a clear precise defined way like right, yeah. i don't think we'll know i don't think we'll ever know the reason it's just that to me at least like it just there's too many coincidences like Oh, we could have not exist, really? We could have not existed. You really think that? You really think that there was a chance of us not being a thing and it just happened by accident? For some reason we exist. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't think that um like how could we know that? Like how could science know that and not believe that it happened like that that there was a god behind it that there was a, a, a real reasoning behind it if we know that the universe was created that actually 
given that, it makes a lot of sense to see the usefulness of a religious perspective in um, giving shape and direction to a society or even to an individual. Because if you're not in tune with some kind of higher belief, then you're distancing yourself from this truth that this is not a purposeless world. Exactly. That's why I think that science or religion shouldn't be afraid of science and science shouldn't be afraid of religion. Like, I think we need to, we need to combine the two. We need, well, first we need to get rid of dogma. We need to get rid of just nonsensical believing, belief. We need to be able to rationalize religion and bring that to science. Because in a lot of ways, science is shaping society by saying, oh, there's, there's no reason why we exist. We just, it was an accident. And your life's probably an accident too. Your whole life is gonna be an accident because that's, what, that's the nature of all reality. We are an accident. There's no, there's no perfection in the world. There's no reasoning behind anything. There's no meaning behind anything. We just are an accident and your life is an accident. You were an accident. Everything that ever happens to you is an accident. They're shaping society's mind by saying that because, they, because they've dismissed philosophy. They don't, they don't listen to metaphysics. They, don't have no, they have no interest in it, even though there is such use for it in society, especially like we're collectively controlling each other. But a lot, most, especially the people in influence don't act like they are, they're controlling shit. The, um, that perspective can either be, can either make you very miserable or it could be one of the most empowering things that you ever come to realize. And I think with, with the way that things stand, where that scientific atheist perspective has shaped things and is shaping things, people are not, um, people are not Buddhist, right? And they don't have a Buddhist backing to their lives. And because of that, they've got it, they're going down the, the paths of misery with it, right? And it's a very sad thing. It's a very sad thing. Because people, because people are just thinking that whatever is in front of them is reality, that there's nothing else to reality than what I'm observing and that what, and what I'm going to observe. Like that's, that's it. It's not, people dismiss the idea of philosophy because they don't think, they don't see any, they don't see any use in looking within because they think everything is without, everything has to do with 
receiving something or getting something or going to something or going somewhere or watching something. There's an enslavement to the senses. Exactly. We've sort of just, we've traded in philosophy for movie theaters and iPhone movies, Netflix and fast food. Exactly. We've tr- we, we we we've dismissed the idea that we don't need anything really. That we we already have what we need. Yeah, we're very dismissive as a whole. There's such little openness to to reconsidering what we know or what do you, what we're doing right i think it's because of science really like the enlightenment era at least in europe we dismiss things unless it has some type of physical tangible evidence And I don't think that the intention behind that was to steer people in a in a direction that is emptying and that doesn't lead to um, to the fullness that comes from accessing what's higher. But as the, as the saying goes, um, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. So while science is, is a good intending thing, what's, what, what's resulted has not, uh, is not serving us as, as highly as it should. Totally. That's true. I think, uh, yeah, in the Enlightenment, they were definitely excited about the fact that reason was the driving force of everything. And materialism in, in the sense that there's physical evidence to things. But it had a side effect. It, it's good. It's a good, it was like, I'm not complaining about the about history because it led us to this point that we have this computer devices and all these insane really such a better society than the past like we're 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 chilling like for the most part we're good we don't need anything we we don't you could get a job easily it's not like it's not hard to live it's not do or die but i think we traded in those things we traded in our us being okay within for us being okay outside. Because you could be like you could get a job and you could feed yourself and you could get a an apartment easily, but you can't. We have we don't have enough resources to fix ourselves inside. And I think that's next. That's the next step. That's what we need to. That's the next leap that we need to take 
How can we how can we use philosophy to fix ourselves? That's a good point. That's a really good point. There's been a sacrifice with the external abundance and its inner peace, basically. And knowingness and fullness and purity. That's next. That's the next goal. And it's a beautiful thing that society is constantly capable of transforming and ascending. Like this True. potential to solve this, to address this, to, to fix ourselves basically is like, wow, the fact that it's available is an awesome thing. Just as the fact that remedying a lot of the external terribleness was an available thing which has led us to where we are now which is access abundance. to things right material abundance and so immaterial abundance now needs to be uh widespread mental abundance is next purity i think we pretty much covered everything i agree see you have a good night. You too.